All right, kids, little ones and big ones, now that I have your attention, let me talk to the kids for just a minute, okay? Because some of you may not realize that during this month, the month of August, uh, more than ever, we have most of our kids up here in the service with us instead of downstairs in a kid's church or a Sunday school setting. We have them come up here and join us in August because we want them to be a part of a worship service. We want them to learn what it is we're doing up here and experience it. And um, and, and so we, we bring them up here and, and they get to be a part of this. And so kids, welcome again to, the, to 10 o'clock service here. It's good to have you guys up here with us. Now, I want to talk to you for just a second because obviously that was not a song that we do every Sunday. That was something a little unusual and you're seeing a few unusual things around us here. You're seeing this amazing Lego fortress up here, which I I was instructed to, to let you all know it's not finished. It is a work in progress. It's building and growing all the time. So that was just, the builders made sure that, that I would let you know that. Now, kids, uh, you should have received a kid's bulletin on your way in. Get that out now. I want to talk to you about the kid's bulletin, and it looks like this, and it has Legos all over the front of it. This is for you guys. This is for you guys to follow along. During the sermon time, there's some stuff in here, activities that you can do. There are are questions in here about a a specific church, the church in Thessalonica. There are questions that are going to be asked of you in here that you can look at. And and there's a a great study in there. This morning, we're going to look at something that was written to the church in Thessalonica. And so you guys are following along as well, looking at that. And then attached to the back of that kid's bulletin, is a little envelope that looks like this. If you haven't got it out yet, get it out now and open it up. Open it up and spill it out into your hand and you will see body parts. And there's a little Lego character in there for you that you can that you can build over the next little while and you can have that as your own. Now, why is that in there? Because today we're going to talk about what it means to build each other up. We're going to talk about that, okay? So you have a, 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 an example there of building someone up. You get to build your Lego character as we go. Um, but I want you guys to just, just follow this. We're going to talk about what it means to build each other up. And, and you guys will understand a lot of what I say, but just like any other 10 o'clock Sunday service, there are going to be times at which you're just going, what is he talking about? Um, I've heard it coming from out there. I've heard the comments of, he is so boring, that sound travels up here, (laughs) it's okay, and I totally get that, and that's why Miss Lori creates some things for you guys to to work on as well, while the rest of us are are digging into the Bible and talking about things that may just go right on by you, that's fine, so enjoy that stuff today, and follow along, we're going to talk about what it means to build each other up. If you do not have a Bible with you this morning, you're going to need one to follow along in. So if you don't have a Bible or a Bible app, just go ahead and put your hand up and our ushers will get you a Bible that you can use during the service. And if you are receiving one of those Bibles and you don't have a Bible of your own, just keep the one that you receive. That's yours. Um, Get into it. It's a great place to discover God and what he has to say to his people and to this world. Going back, we, uh, we have been looking all summer at this series called His People, Rooted in the World, in the Word. We're talking about His people, God's people, Jesus' people. We're talking about the church. We're talking about us. And we're looking at words from all over the Bible that were spoken to God's people, that were spoken to us. 
And we're taking this summer to build up the church. That's what we're doing. We're trying to learn a little bit more about us. We're trying to go back to our identity as God's people. Who are we? What is it that we're to be doing? What is it that we're to look like? What are we to be about? Who are we as his people? And so we've been going through that this summer. Uh, last week we looked at the, the reality that his people are grace-filled We are filled with grace. Why? Because God has poured out his grace on us. And every one of us has a grace story. And so last week we talked about grace stories. And I shared some of my grace story. We talked about the reality that God pours out his grace on us in order that we will pour out grace on each other. And that one of the strongest characteristics that we're to be known for as a church, as his people is the fact that we extend grace to each other all the time. God extends grace to us daily. We need his grace every single day, every moment of every day. And we need to experience that grace in each other. It helps us understand much better who God is. It helps us experience his grace more and more. And God's desire, one of his deepest heart desires, is that we, his people... Extend grace to each other. And that whenever anybody walks in this door, whenever anyone becomes a part of this church family, they will experience grace here. Because grace is at the very heart of who God is. And so we want to talk about practical expressions of grace. How then do we do that? How do we express grace to each other? How can God use us to show his grace to his people? Because he uses us for these things. He uses us to minister to each other. He uses us to reveal himself to his church. He does it through us. And, and so we want to get down to, to some practical expressions of grace. Because like I said last week, grace is a very kind of an abstract thing. And we need to know what it means practically. What does it look like day to day? What are some things that we can be doing all the time? To demonstrate God's grace in this world. And so this morning, I want to look at this idea that his people, that God's people, that we build each other up. His people build each other up. That's one of the characteristics of God's church that is laid out in God's word. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to build each other up? It means that we confirm each other. It means that we edify each other. It means that we build each other up in the faith that we share together. And there's a definition up on the screen that says, says this, when it comes to building each other up, the concept is this, to cause each other to advance in the divine light or on the right road, on the narrow road. How can we help each other advance down the road that God has laid out for us? And remember back to the Sermon on the Mountain, our study there, we looked at the narrow road and the wide road and the fact that the narrow road is hard. It's narrow and it's hard and it's not an easy thing to move down that road in this world. It is not the popular road. It's the less traveled road and it's the hard road. And part of how we build each other up is we help each other advance down that road. Still abstract, right? So we're going to move into more and more concrete things over the next couple of weeks. 
Our key verse today comes from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. This is the core of what we're talking about. And we'll get back to this verse and the ones that follow later on. But this is what 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 says. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Build one another up just as you are doing. Now, if you've read the book of First and Second Thessalonians, you'll see that Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica. And Paul has some very, very positive things to say to that church. When he opens his letter, he says that he gives thanks for them always. He gives thanks for them always. He has some really, really positive, encouraging things to say to the church in Thessalonica. And I want to, to hit on that because here he says, just as you are doing, this isn't a brand new thing. He's not saying, you are not building each other up, so start building each other up. That's not what he's doing here. He's saying, you are building each other up. Now I'm going to talk more about doing it more. We're going to come back to this again. And you'll see this pattern throughout scripture, throughout the letters to the churches. There are good things happening and that's this whole summer series. This is kind of the pattern for what I'm getting at here. Is Chapel Hill, we're doing good things. We're doing these things. So when I say, let's do them more, let's do them better. It's not a slap on the wrist. It's not me saying, you are not doing this at all. Stop tearing each other down, Chapel Hill. That's not happening here. We are building each other up. But just like Paul, this is a, this is a matter of... Let's do it more. Let's do it better. This is Jesus having spent time with his disciples, like three years with his disciples, seeing them grow and learn, seeing them mature, seeing them become better and better in their relationships with each other. And then he gets to the end of his time with them and he says, a new command I give you. And we're all going, what's this new thing? And he says, love one another. Right? That's not new. He goes back to the core. He goes back to the basics. He goes back to the most important things. And this is Paul going back to one of the most important things. He says, church, you are building each other up. You've been doing this. Now do it more. Do it better. And always, always throughout our life together as a church, we will always have room for improvement, won't we? Nobody's going to deny that. We're never going to be a perfect church. Not here. And so we'll continue to go back to these things. And, and just as you're doing, Chapel Hill Church, build one another up. And I'll help us this morning to come back and look at that. What does that mean? How does it look practically? How do we actually do this on a day-to-day basis? There's a little context for this. Paul says, build each other up. Well, build each other up where? Build each other up on the cornerstone that is Christ. All of this happens on the foundation of Jesus Christ and who he is. He's at the center of this. Paul says, build each other up on the cornerstone that is Christ. Build each other up as the church, remembering that we are the church. We are God's kingdom represented here on earth. We're to build each other up in that context. Nothing outside of that. We are his people. And in that context, we build each other up. And we're to remember that God does the building. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. It's God building this 
church, this house. It's God building his people and we're to be used by him for his plan to build up his people. He's doing the work. We're not the ones doing the work. Jesus told Peter that he would build his church. He said, Peter, you are a rock and on this rock I will build my church. Jesus is doing the building. God's doing the building and he's using us to do it. So what are some characteristics then of how his people build each other up? What does this look like? How are we to be building? How are we to be building? We're to be building with a number of different things. And I'll finish that in several sentences as we go on, several phrases. We're to be building, first of all, with passion. We are to be building each other up with passion. This has to be important to us. It's something that we have to be committed to. Not just something that we, we give a thought every, to every once in a while. We're to pour ourselves into building each other up in God's church as his people. It's something that we have to have a drive for. At the heart of that passion, we're to have the right motivation. And that motivation is to be love. We are to love one another. All these things fall under the heading of love one another. Building each other up is an expression of love to one another. So it has to be the motivation behind what we're doing. We're not building each other up out of a sense of duty or obligation. We're building each other up because we love each other. And that's why Christ says so many times, love one another. And Paul goes back to it again and again and again. Love one another. Keep your motive right. Treat each other with love. Do what you do with and for each other out of love. Let that always be your motivation. Pour yourself into it. Let the heart of your passion be love, your motivation. Paul challenges the the separation that happens so often in so many of us, the separation between head and heart. He challenges it in the words of 1 Corinthians 1.8. He says that we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Love is a thing that builds up. It's not knowledge. And note that the phrase, all of us possess knowledge, is in quotes. I'm going to deal with another one a little bit later on. Another quote that you're going to need to hear about. Paul says, all of us possess knowledge, but this knowledge puffs us up. Love builds others up. Love builds others up. It builds them up. And we can't build each other up if we don't love each other. And simply knowing that the Bible says this is not enough. It is not enough to say, oh, I can, I can recite First Thessalonians 5.11 by memory. I've memorized the whole verse. That means nothing. It means nothing unless love is the motive behind you actually living out and me actually living out the words that Paul says to the church in Thessalonica. He says that, that we are to strive to build up the church. This is 1 Corinthians fourteen twelve. He says, so with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit of God's spirit, <clears throat> strive to excel in building up the church.
strive to excel in building up the church. The church was looking for ways to improve themselves. They got focused, the church in Corinth got focused on what they could gain. They got focused on the gifts that God was giving. Where, where some could speak in different tongues, some could prophesy, some had these, these different gifts, they were all out there. And people got a little too focused on, I want this one, I want that one, I want to have more gifts, I want to build myself up. And they were losing track of the fact that, that God gave them and was giving them those gifts for a reason. And he goes right back to this concept of building each other up. He says, strive to excel, to do really, really well in building up the church. That's something that we're to work towards. And so he went on to explain how the gifts of the Spirit should contribute to the building up of the church. To us building up each other. And then in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 14. He, he writes a summary statement about this building up. <clears throat> he says this. He says what then brothers. When you come together. Each one has a hymn. A lesson. A revelation. A tongue. Or an interpretation. All these things that God was giving to people. To, to demonstrate his power and presence among them. And then Paul says let all things be done for building up. Let all things be done for building up. And he is not talking about us building up ourselves, building up our resume, building up our spiritual skill list. It's for the building up of the church. It's not for showing off. It's not for comparison. It's not for competition. It's not so that you can look at someone else and say, well, I have this and they don't. It's not for two of you to get together and say, we share this thing. That person does not have it. It's not for selfish gain. It's not for anything but building up the church. God gave us the gifts that we have for the sake of building up the church, of building each other up. Question then for you and for me. How much of what we do in life is done for the sake of building up the church? How much of what we pour our passion into is done for the sake of building up the church. We pour a lot of passion into building up our own lives, into building up our careers, into building up our families, into building up our homes, into building up our hobbies, to building up our image. How much are we pouring into building up the church? How much are we pouring into building up each other? We ought to be very passionate about building each other up, about helping each other advance down the narrow road toward the maturity and the fruitfulness and the impact that God has created us for. We're to help each other. We're to help each other advance down that road. We ought to be building with passion, but we also ought to be building with the right materials, with the right materials. There are right and wrong ways to build each other up. Um, I'm going to have you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 right now. Um, It's not up on the screen. It wasn't going to be on the screen. I was just going to go ahead and read a couple of verses to you without it even being up there. But this morning as I was going over my notes, I just stopped and went, I got to spend some time on this. 1 Corinthians 10, that's page 958 in the Blue Bible, page 958. 1 Corinthians 10, let's look at verses 23 and 24. And I think it's important that we just slow down 
on this and not just look for, oh yeah, there are the words build up, but actually slow down and consider what Paul's saying here. 1 Corinthians 10, 23 and 24. This is Paul writing again to the church in Corinth. Corinth was a tough place. Corinth was a very secular place. There was a lot that needed to be corrected in Corinth. And in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 23 and 24, Paul Paul writes this. He says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And then in verse 24, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. I want to pause on this for just a minute because this is where I said those quotes are going to be. In quotes, Paul writes, all things are lawful. Or some of you may have learned it as all things are permissible. And I want to pause on this for a minute because I have heard this phrase misused over and over and over and over again in the church. We look at this phrase in quotes, all things are lawful. And we use it to give license to almost anything that we do. As if Paul was quoting Jesus. Or as if Paul was quoting David. Or maybe even as if Paul was quoting Moses. By saying all things are lawful. Paul's not quoting any of them. The reason it's in quotes is because Paul's using a phrase that was common in Corinth. Paul's quoting the Corinthians. He's addressing a phrase that they used all the time. They would excuse what each other is doing. They would excuse what they're doing themselves by saying, all things are lawful. That's their saying. Do not use this to justify the things that you're doing. That's not what it's there for. I want to give you an example. Going back to my first year out of high school, I went to a Bible college up in Canada. Thinking, believing wholeheartedly that I was going to a place where, that would just be filled with other Christians that just couldn't wait to get started in the, in the career that God had chosen for them. And they were coming there to get fired up about God and about the ministry that they were going to be involved in the rest of their lives. And we were all going to take this seriously and none of us would ever be outside the library. We'd just be working on our stuff all the time. It wasn't like that. And one of the examples of how it was not like that was about halfway through the year in my dorm on my floor. We lived down in the basement of this ancient building. On that floor, a a core of the guys who lived on that floor got together and they decided amongst themselves, all words are permissible because they're just words. So we can use any words to express ourselves that we want, can't we? Because it's all permissible. It's all lawful. The Bible does not state these words that society says we're not allowed to say. You won't find those words in the Bible. So we're going with the all things are lawful perspective. And I listened to, with great disappointment, I listened to the language that was being used in my dorm at Bible college go right down the toilet. It was so frustrating. It was so discouraging. All on the premise that unless the Bible says directly, do not do this, well, we can do it because all things are permissible. 
Understand something. This is kind of like what Jesus was doing when he says, you have heard that it was said. And then he says something else. Paul says, you're saying to each other, all things are lawful. But I say to you, but not all things are helpful. You say all things are lawful. But I say to you that not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good. His own comfort. Let no one go after whatever tool it is he's using to ease his conscience. But act for the good of your neighbor. Folks, if there are actions that we are doing in our lives that do not build someone else up, don't do it. If it's not helpful, if it doesn't build someone up, let's not do it. Just because we believe that it's lawful, it's permissible, so we're going to do it. We have the right to do it. Don't do it. If it doesn't build someone up, if it's not helpful, don't do it. Walk away from it. Stop it. We've got to make decisions about what is right and wrong for us based on what Paul is saying. He makes it very clear to the church in Corinth. If it's not helpful, if it's not going to build someone up, don't do it. If we're doing things that we feel are right because the Bible doesn't specifically say, thou shalt not do this, but we're causing somebody to stumble because they see us do it and they think that it's going to be okay for them to do it and it becomes an addiction or a vice or something that causes them to stumble, then we're wrong. have to get out of this mentality that all we need to do is justify it for ourselves and then it's okay for us to do. I'm going to do this because it makes me feel good. It doesn't hurt anybody else. It makes me feel good. If it's not helpful, if it doesn't build someone up, if it doesn't build up the church, the kingdom of God here on earth, then don't do it. Ephesians 4.29, here's a verse that speaks directly to what I was experiencing that year in Bible college. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. There are right building materials and wrong building materials. And there are more wrong building materials that we could talk about. Empty flattery is a wrong building material. Flattering somebody just for the sake of making your feel, yourself feel good because you flattered them. And you know that's, that's just great high praise, right? If it's empty, don't do it. It's a wrong kind of building material. Insincerity in general. If you don't mean what you say, don't say it. And then there's our wise counsel. 
our unsolicited and unwanted correction of others. Wrong building materials. And instead, church, we need to be looking for solid, effective, godly building materials. Things like affirmation and encouragement. Things like comfort and support. Things that we ought to be doing for each other. Things like practical help. Practical help. Thinking that through. Things like gifts. Giving each other gifts. Praising each other when we see each other doing the right thing. Things like blessings. Like blessing each other. Praying for each other. Acts of kindness. These are the right building materials. And in order for us to know what approach to take, in order for us to know what are the right building materials in someone else's life, we are going to first need to listen to them, to understand them. We're going to have to know them. We make too many assumptions about what others need and how smart we are at knowing what others need so easily. God has given all of us something to use to build someone else up. But we've got to use the right thing, the right thing, the right approach, the right words, the right emotion, the right help, the right gift, the right blessing, the right prayers. Not only do we need to build each other up the right way, we also need to build each other up by offering each other the best building material, the best that we have to offer Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Romans 15 verses 2 to 3 also backs that up. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. Then listen, for Christ did not please himself. There's our model. There's the standard for us. Jesus didn't go to work for his whole life at trying to please himself. He always considered pleasing others to be the right and first thing. Jesus talked about becoming a servant. He talked about how the first shall be last and the last shall be first. He talked to his disciples about uh, who is the greatest and the fact that to be the greatest, you're going to have to become a servant of all. That was the the idea, that was the mindset that he gave his followers. And that means setting our own well-being aside for the sake of others. They get the first fruits of our lives, not, not the leftovers. They don't get, others don't get, each other we don't get. The leftover time that we have, the leftover energy that we have, the leftover resources that we have, as long as we take care of ourselves first. This is not like if you've been on a plane, you, you, you listen to the, the flight attendants as they stand up there and they, they do their thing, talk about you know, where the exits are and all that kind of stuff. And, and then they talk about what's going to happen if the plane starts breaking apart and the, there's no more oxygen in the cabin in a very cheery voice as if we're going to have anything in our mind except screaming and praying. But they talk about the fact that these yellow masks are going to pop down out of the ceiling. And what are you to do? You to put your own on first and then help your kid, right? That's, that's not how Jesus operates. That's not how the kingdom operates. This is not a matter of take care of yourself well first. 
Make sure that you have everything that you need. And then let's say 90% of your wants. And then whatever you have left over after that, give it to somebody else. That's not how the kingdom operates. Not at all. We're to give our first and our best to each other. To each other. As we build each other up. Think back to the building of the temple that Solomon led. He was not told to gather the scraps from around the place to build a temple. He was told to go after the best, the finest, the most extravagant. No expense was too great for what Solomon was about to build. Why? Because it was God's temple. It was God's temple. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.16 that we are the temple of God. Building up that temple in each other calls for extravagant generosity. The first and the best for each other. So we're going to have to see the church for who she is. We're going to have to see each other for who we really are. We're going to have to see the beauty of the bride of Christ. We're going to have to see the value of the bride of Christ. We're going to have to see her worthiness. How worthy she is to receive our best. Our best. To build each other up, that building is going to require a plan. Having a plan means that we're going to have to be intentional about this. How intentional are we about building each other up? Do we even give it a second thought? Or do we just let it happen when it happens? We're more of an organic people. If the opportunity arises, we'll build someone up. Does it take some tragedy in someone's life before we actually decide that we're going to build them up? How about coming to church with a plan? How about coming to church with a plan? Do you ever come here on Sunday morning with a plan to build someone up? You have that person in mind. You have your tool, the right material in mind. We don't do that very often, do we? Do you come with a plan at all? Nehemiah had a plan. Every time we talk about plans, every time we talk about leadership, almost every leadership conference that I've been in, somebody's going to talk about Nehemiah. Because Nehemiah had a plan. He was going to build Jerusalem's wall, rebuild Jerusalem's wall, and he had a plan. And his plan involved moving forward, but it didn't just involve moving forward. It involved moving forward and defending wisely. But I'm afraid all we do far too often in the church is we defend ourselves. We build ourselves up. We defend what we have. We defend ourselves. But God's calling us to have a sword in one hand and a tool in the other to build someone else up and understand that he's doing the building in us. He'll build us up. And he's going to use other people to do it. But we're to do both. Back to our list of good materials. Affirmation, encouragement, comfort, support, practical help, gifts, praise, blessings, prayers, acts of kindness. How are we planning to use these materials to build someone else up? Have a plan. Try it. Have a goal. Have a vision for how you're going to build others up in the kingdom, in God's church, in his family. Stop letting the demands of our cultural schedules run our lives. 
And then we get to this point on Sunday and all we do is just go, oh, I can just sit down for a few minutes. Start planning to flourish at what God's calling us to do. We also are being asked by Jesus to build with perseverance. In John fifteen thirteen, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friend. Jesus ended this statement in John 15 with these words. He said, these things I command you so that you will love one another. How important do you think it is to Jesus that we build each other up? He is praying for us. He is interceding for us right now. And I can just about guarantee you that one of his prayers is that we will build each other up. Jesus wants us to lay our lives down for each other. Lives. Never give up on each other. Never give up on the call to build each other up in this church. This means we're going to have to do this unconditionally. This is not about what we get in return. That's conditional love. You don't build someone up going, okay, well, now the ball's in their court. It's their turn. They need to build me up. You never, ever do that. That's conditional. We do it unconditionally, never expecting anything in return. This is not about the progress that we see in each other. We don't get to measure each other's progress. Well, I built this person up. Let's see how they're doing this week. Leave that to God. This is not about our definition of the results of our building each other up. The fruit that we want to see in each other's lives is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of our labor, but the fruit of the labor of God, of God's work in everyone's lives. And we need to just stick with it, bear with one another as we're doing this. Finally, let's build each other up with Christ-like, grace-filled patience. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is patient. Love is patient. So look at some more verses from 1 Thessalonians 5. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 5 right now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We started back at the beginning with verse 11. <coughs> Excuse me. Started with verse 11. I'm going to read that again. Then we're going to go into verse 12 through 15. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 11 is the one we read earlier that says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And verse 12, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Be patient. Be patient with them all, Paul says. Remember that God is doing the building. The work that's taking place in someone else's life is being done according to God's plan, at God's pace, on God's time. These are the things we've looked at. How do we build each other up? We build with passion. We build with the right materials. 
We build with the best materials. We build with a plan. We build with perseverance. And we build with patience. That's how his people build each other up. It's not an easy thing. It's not. But this is God's desire for his church, for his kingdom here on earth. How do we build someone up? How do we help someone advance along the narrow road? Get practical with this. And I can't tell you exactly what that practical thing looks like in your life. Ask God to show you that. Ask him to reveal to you how you take these principles and turn them into very practical steps. What does it look like today? Who is he bringing to your mind? And what is he asking you to do to build them up, to help them advance down the road? What does it look like? Maybe it's strengthening their faith. Maybe it's as simple as talking to someone else about God, about the thing that we have in common. Maybe it goes beyond just listening while you're here, but getting engaged in conversation then about the things that you're hearing because you all heard the same thing. We all heard the same thing. Let's talk about it. Let's build each other up by strengthening our faith. We do it by growing each other's hope, by reminding each other of heaven, reminding each other of eternity, reminding each other that that one day we will be perfected and this world will be perfected and all this stuff that's weighing us down will be done. We build each other up by bringing peace into each other's lives. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of tragedy and crisis, bringing comfort and encouragement and support to each other and there are many many ways to do this we build each other up by giving each other joy by planning to make someone else smile give them a reason to smile we build each other up by affirming each other's value folks if somebody sitting next to you knows that they're valuable to you it's really going to help them understand how valuable they are to God isn't that what we want for each other build each other up by encouraging each other's trust in God by reminding each other of God's faithfulness to them to us tell each other stories of how God's been faithful in your life encourage their trust build each other up by sharing our visions with each other I want the abundant life that Christ came to die to give me You want that life too. Let's share that with each other. Let's pursue it together. Just once have a conversation about what what does it mean to you? What does abundant life mean to you? Talk about that. You'll be amazed at what you get to know about each other. There are a million ways to do this. The key is that we do it. So we follow what Paul instructed us to do. And as an expression of God's grace among his people, we build each other up. His people, God's people, the people of Chapel Hill Church, build each other up. I'm going to invite the ushers to come now and the worship team as well as we prepare to close the service. Let's pray together as they come. Father, I want to thank you first and foremost for the ways in which you build me up on a daily basis. 
the fact that your truth speaks so loudly to me, the loving things that you speak to me in your word, through your spirit, but also through your people. Thank you for building me up regularly. Thank you that I can go to your word and find that. Thank you that I can come to this church and know that I will be built up here. And I thank you for everyone here who has done that for me over the years. I thank you for all of those, those little encounters that we may not consider to be so significant, but those, those little conversations where, where one person in this church has built another person up for how powerfully that speaks of your grace. For that, how that has helped us take a step further down the narrow road that you've put us on. It's helped us to take steps closer to you. And closer to becoming the people that you created us to be. Thank you that you continue this process in us. And I come now on behalf of this church just asking, Father, that you would do this more and more in us. That you would increase our capacity, that you would increase our intentionality, our plan to build each other up. Father, use us to express your grace to each other the way you have expressed your grace to us in so many ways. Teach us, Lord, day in and day out how to build each other up. Thank you for all that you've done to build us up and all that you're doing right now every day. We ask that you would continue what you've started. Use us. Use us to build each other up. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.